American Hammers Radio presents Fortunes Always Hiding. Welcome in, everybody, to Fortunes Always Hiding, the podcast here on American Hammers Radio. I'm your host, Zach, joined as normally by Chris and by John. Guys, how was your long weekend? Uh, not too bad. Uh, got to go home and visit some family, so made the trip trek back to Central Ohio. I don't get long weekends. I work in insurance, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll. Uh, it was a good weekend, nonetheless. Uh, insurance salesman. Remember the scene in um, Groundhog's Day with the insurance salesman? <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're all, we're all like that. Yeah, oh, we're, we're just pretty much clones of that guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My mom sold insurance for a couple of years, and she said it was so boring and so dry, and it was just a nightmare. So, well, um, I do insurance marketing, and I work from home, and I'm in my home studio right now, so uh, it could be a lot worse. That oh, is true. I, I actually don't think I knew that you worked from home, so yeah, that's really nice. This yeah. is my office. The best thing about it was your office, but I just didn't know that you actually worked from home. That's pretty cool. The best thing about working from home is the fact that you can work in your underwear or work in two t- and a pair and a two top and a pair of stripper heels, and no one's going to care. <laughs> and Chris just went off screen laughing. <laughs> The good news is the people who came here to listen to people talk about West Ham United are going, I think we hit the wrong. There's been a mistake of some sort. I've had a very long week. This is Tube Top Aficionado, um, <laughs> which that sounds like an interesting podcast, to be fair. Everybody. I've had a, guys, I've had a very, very long week. I deserve to be able to make to have a couple of jokes here and there. Do they land? Please. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Just throw them out there. You're not getting booed off this stage. <laughs> Thank God. I'm not banned yet. Have you ever heard about dish soap? It's fantastic. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. No. All right. So we finally have a game to talk about for the first time in forever. Yes. But, 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 but we are undefeated for like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. But the bad news is we don't get points if we don't play. <laughs> We also our don't get games match, where we have an L. Our last match true. was literally 17 days ago. Yeah, so crazy. It's great to be able to get to have this t- amount of time off. Guys can recuperate. Guys went away. I know Anderson went to a beach somewhere, <coughs> and it actually looked like fun. He also trained a bit, which is nice to see. But got but in a grueling in a grueling league like the Premier League is, you deserve to have some time off. And I do think that this that this break idea was a good good one, although it makes things a little bit harder, especially if you go longer and like playing like you know, like our, our opponent Manchester City. But it's a good thing nonetheless that we get to, that we can have some time off, recuperate from our injuries, and because of that, everyone's available but Jack Wilshere, which I think is yeah. great and gives more a lot of times here. How am I going to play today? How am I going to fuck it up today? Yeah. No, it's been it's been excellent, honestly. I mean, we needed that. We needed a breather. We needed to stop the season for a while. And if I'm Moyes, what I'm telling everyone is, look, our season starts right now. You know, we're, we, we, have, we have it all to play for. If we win the matches we have, we stay up. 
period, end of story. It's up to us. And everyone's fit. Um, you know, everyone now has had time to adapt to Moyes and, and his system, whatever that system may be. So um, I'm ecstatic that we had this time off. I, I think what's also kind of understated, too, is I think that this break was also good for the fans because you look yeah. there. I mean, everyone's itching for a match. And – I mean, before it was just kind of crawling in every match, like, all right, let's get this over with. Uh, but now it's just kind of like a fresh sense of revitalization uh, and just readiness to kick on and hopefully save our season. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, hopefully. I needed a break after watching Brighton come back. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think for a while we were hung over off of that. I had the game on the radio and I was listening to it going through the – NFL Hall of Fame exhibit at the Miami, Miami Museum and just got really excited when we were up 3-1. Yeah, and then everyone's looking at me going, don't worry, it's soccer. And they're looking at me even more confused. Like, why the hell are you listening to a soccer game and an NFL thing? I'm like, don't ask questions. You don't want answers. So, and then yeah. when, we, when it got tired at 3-3, I dropped to my knees and went, oh, my God, this team's going to kill me. Yep. I was sitting um, I was sitting at Stowe's Bar here in Philly next to uh, – Next to Katie from Philly, um, everything in Philadelphia, everything in Philadelphia is from Philly. Okay, so the Philly's in the name somewhere. Uh, so Katie is sitting next to me, and we're we're cheering and watching this game. And as the game goes on, I've melted lower and lower into the bar, to where by the end it's just my my face and my hands, and I was almost touching my face was almost touching the bar. Um, it was. Uh, the post-match uh, live stream was very much very fun with that one. Uh, yeah, that was that was a good time. Yeah, that was I, a good time. I still have no idea who that was at the end. The random guy that she just passed her phone off to. I think but, it's. I know who it is. I, I I'll look it up. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I know, but I know who it is. He, was, he recorded it, just his forehead. That was recorded. <laughs> He's a good dude. I'm pretty sure I know who that is, and he's the guy that's going to teach me how to actually make beer. But go ahead, let's continue. <laughs> I can teach you. How, I can teach you how to make beer. It's super. It's super simple to make. They make. They have kids. I've done it. I've done it before. The why am I not surprised okay. you've also made beer? This is before the age of 21 that I've done it. By the way, listen, listen. I've. We don't need to get into this right now because it's number one off topic and number two mildly embarrassing. So can we continue? <laughs> okay, fair, okay, fair point. Fair point. I'm. I'm, I'm I'm grilling you on this uh, on that after the report. <laughs> okay, so now that we finally have a game to talk about, will we finally see Bowen? I, and, ha- and how many players do we play up front? Do we play two up top or do we play three up top? <clears throat> I I sure as hell hope so. I, I really think that we need fresh legs and fresh ideas. Suchek sliding in was the best thing that could have had the br- happen uh, during the Brighton match. I think we need him badly just yeah. come in, revitalize some pace and everything. But the but unfortunately, it sounds like from the comments David Moyes is making, he's not planning on starting him, if not playing him at all, uh, which which makes no sense if that's the case, why we bought him. Yeah, so Moyes has basically said, oh, you know, I, I'm really good at buying players from the championship and bringing them up, and I know how all that works, and, you know, Bowen, um, there's no need to rush him into the Premier League, blah, 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 blah. Which, And he's saying it with the same tone that he said, look, what I do is win. I'm a winner. Yeah. you know. And what's his win rate at West Ham is 
I think it's worse. So, I think it's like 23, 22%, something like that. Yeah. So regardless, um, you know, it's, it's hard for us to understand. Like, it's not like he's coming from like a small town in Bulgaria where he's been playing in a league that's so, that's night and day different from, from the Premier League and playing the championship. I mean, like the physical side of the Premier League is not going to like freak him out. You know what I mean? Like he's been used to rough and tumble, fast paced, like the championship is a tough league. We talked about that a few episodes ago. It is. So, but so like, I don't understand why you can't just throw him in there. Um, but unless it is actually because he doesn't, he's scared to play a four three three against Man City. Um, but if that's the case, just say that. Um, I, but I don't think I, so. I love the four three three. We've you've heard me in previous podcasts extol the the wonders of the four three three system uh, that we briefly stumbled upon. Um, but I, I do think that Moyes is going to revert back to his four four one one. Um, I think it looks like a three. <laughs> I think he's going to. If he does that three back system, we're, we're toast. Yeah, I think he's going to end up going five at the back, which I think is a mistake. I don't. Not with Man City. You could literally have. Hang on. You could literally probably have 10 at the back and one on one up front, and I'd be fine with that. You're literally parking the bus. Just know you're going to get. They're probably. Modern football is played in the center of the park. If you if you concede the center of, of the park, if you concede midfield, you lose the game because they can still pass and they just wait and they wait and they wait and all it takes is one goal to win a game. So if you don't if you don't compete in the middle of the pitch, which has been our problem for fifteen years, <laughs> I mean, um, you know. And, and, and God bless Mark Noble. I love him, and he's a midfielder. But um, that's that's where we need to strengthen. And, and so we got Suchek. I mean, flood the midfield with players. Don't flood central defense. I mean, yeah, you you can legitimately have a midfield three of Suchek, uh, Rice, and Bowen if you wanted to. If you wanted to put Bowen in the midfield or four nulls. Four, yeah, even four nulls. I mean, we have finally a bevy of good midfielder midfield options. You can even drop Felipe Anderson into the midfield. More attacking midfield. But. Yeah, not center mid, not yeah. center mid. But yeah, I know what you're saying. But, um, but, uh, but, but listen, well, really quickly to your point uh, about him, like not or Bowen not coming from like some foreign league um, and needing time to adjust. Suchuk didn't have didn't play for three weeks, and he came from the Czech league, which I I don't watch the Czech league, but I can't imagine. It's, hard to stream. it's very hard to stream, by the way. Yeah, I of course you've tried. <laughs> I have tried, well, but um, to, be, to be fair, he was playing in the Champions League, so yeah, that's fair. But um, still, he hadn't played for three weeks, and he, I, mean, I guarantee though the Czech league is not as physically demanding as the Premier League. And so, and for him just to be dropped in there like that and have success, why not give Bowen a run out if he's weird? Not, yeah, if he doesn't, if he doesn't perform well, send him off at halftime. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, well, because it's Manchester City, and Manchester City is going to be Manchester City. I would much, to be quite honest, I would much rather have some like a more defensive midfielder than an attacking midfielder, and. Because if we put an attacking midfielder on it, we get getting shelves three nothing at half. Then who are you going to sub on? 
A defensive midfield, it's too late at that point. And attacking midfield is not going to do much because he's already distraught. So it's... <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see your point. I mean, yeah, I, I do too. a 4-4-1-1 might actually be the best because I don't think we do well with three three center backs. Um, you know, we don't have we don't have Conte back there showing people how to run a three-back system. No. I mean, look at what he's done at Inter Milan. I mean, they're they're spectacular. Um, he basically just said, "Who did you guys say was uh, was uh, was over the hill and done in uh, the Premier League? I'm going to buy them and make them superstars in Milan because you're all idiots and I'm smarter than all of you." Which you know, as an American, you kind of go, "Good for you, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> That's why so many Americans are dickhead Chelsea fans because they're like, "Yay, Jose! We love Jose!" Oh, Jose left. Oh, we, we, oh, we, we, oh, we love. We is Chelsea still good? Oh, we love Chelsea. Um, but, uh, I could talk about how, uh, terrible American Chelsea fans all are all day, but, um, instead I'm going to talk about West Ham United and how we should probably be play it safe and do a four, four, one, one, um, with Anderson behind Allaire, because I think that was the best pairing. I think, I think that's a good pairing as well. Um, Antonio out on the left, uh, and Bowen potentially on the right. If they play him, if not, I, I wouldn't mind Yarmolenko if he's fit. See, I actually think our Yarmolenko doesn't do enough defensively, so I would put four Nalls on the left. Yeah, that's a good call as well. Well, hang on. And I would put Antonio on the right. When was the last time we saw Yarmolenko, to be quite honest? It feels it like a million years ago. October or November, I believe. Somebody yeah. has, somebody put a picture up on um, on Twitter of – this was so funny um, – don't you love when people are about to tell a joke and they tell you it's funny beforehand? Um, <laughs> somebody on Twitter put up this picture of, of four Nalls standing next to uh, Moyes, and they said, is this the first time they've ever been seen together in public? Did he finally let four Nalls out of his basement? <laughs> That's great. I mean, I mean he was I, playing so well, and then Moyes comes in and, like, disappears. Yeah, I mean, let, and that's the other thing. Let's be honest, too. It's David Moyes, which means Lanzini's getting the start. We're playing five at the back. Uh, Allaire up top on his own. Anderson on the bench. Yarmolenko not even in the squad. I mean, I that is, and that's what's wholeheartedly possible. And that's the scary no. thing. All the people that are listening to this right now did not just see my agonizing <laughs> – like, like distraught expression. Yeah, I have to bring it down to earth because I, I just don't know. I just You're don't. Right. I don't see him going four at the back. Um, whether You're it's right. four four one one or four three three, I just don't see him going for it. I, You're right. You know, there's a strong possibility that they're going to play a weaker side considering uh, this upcoming Saturday they have a uh, a match against. But currently, third place Leicester City, who they're fending off, and then following that, a match next week against Real Madrid in the Champions League at Real Madrid, by the way, on the twenty sixth. Which that's something I brought. I'm gonna. I was gonna about to literally about to bring up about because they have these three game these three games in quick quick succession, and you even have UEFA chiming in on when this date was picked saying that they didn't want the state to be picked because of the Champions League, and it's taking away from the Champions League, and it draw the Champions League, TV rights, and TV deals, and yada, yada, yada. And so, which, it's understandable, but at the same time, Manchester City has 
doesn't have too many free dates available, considering they're still in the EFL Cup and they're still in the FA Cup. They have they games like this, like free dates for them are almost non-existent. Yeah, and it's problematic because you can't foresee these ahead of time. You can only react to them as they happen. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's it's a problem that Pep Guardiola has, and I'm glad that he has it and not me. He has well, and uh, the great thing is that luckily for them, they won't be in the Champions League for the next two years, so he won't have to worry about that added strain on their poor players. And I would just wish they had enough money to where they could actually buy more players uh, and build. I wish they had enough money where they could build training facilities where these poor, distraught players could rest and relax and get state-of-the-art treatment. I just wish that Manchester City had someone looking out for them, maybe even an entire country, that could look after them, take care of them, and shower them with the wealth and pampering privilege they deserve. I I have never heard it more passive-aggressive paragraph there, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, yeah, you said the issue is right now is that the two year ban only is currently in effect. I don't get overturned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's going to get overturned. Like they're just going to have to pay the whatever 30 million euro fine or whatever it is. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's going to be it realistically. I mean, they're going to, they're going to sell a house in Beverly Hills and pay the, pay the, the fee off. (laughs) Did you see the, there was a clip of how many lawyers Man City was bringing to court against UEFA. They have more lawyers than probably a small country. (laughs) Or. (laughs) <laughs> the lawyers of a small country yeah. with a lot of oil. Yeah. So, but it, it, it's hilarious at the same time, like being West Ham fans when we hate our board so much and we're uh, trying to emulate West City almost, and we're like call out for someone with that oil money to come in and buy no, us. Look, look, dude. I, I like I I want West Ham United to be successful. I want us to be to be as successful as 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 humanly possible. I'd love us to win everything. I mean, th- why, why are you a fan if you don't want that yeah. success, right? But if if an Abramovich or um, uh, Mansoor or someone like that buys my buys this club, I'm going to have serious reservations. I'm going to have. You know, and, and and I know a lot of city fans are going, yeah, right, yeah. Until you start, until you get David Silva, you know, uh, who's like, you know, the maestro of the Premier League for for the last ten years, and until you get Kevin De Bruyne, and until you get, and and you know what, they got a point, and I'm sure all of us at some point, you know, we can sell out and get over it, you know, right. But um, and I'm not going to get off of football um, on this podcast, but when you see what the, some of those owners have done to acquire that wealth or how they treat the people that are under them, you have to kind of make a judgment call. And I don't want to make that judgment call at West Ham United. I, I started supporting this club because of the people who it represents. And I love that. And so, you know, when I started, uh, we, we had, um, we had, we didn't have billionaires 
of course, being the most classic West Ham thing ever, they were bankrupt billionaires. The entire world economy crashed and they had no money. So that's that's the most West Ham United thing ever. But but they were the sweetest, cuddliest billionaires. They were the, these these goofy looking alien Icelandic, uh, you know, Egger, Magnuson, and all that stuff. I mean, they were they were wonderful. They were, they were benign. They they missed a lot of stuff, like you know. But but what they didn't miss were biscuits because that's what they made their money in, evidently. So they were biscuit barons, you well, know. Which I, which for you Americans, uh, what our current ones got their money from. Um, but, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> please, please say something, Zach, before I do. I, well, I know. <laughs> I know. As like as much as we like to piss on billionaires and whatnot, I want to talk about Lester's owner for a second because he was a billionaire. He made his money legally through um, through duty free shops in some of the biggest airports um, from Thailand, Cambodia. What was once known as French Indochina. I'm just going to put it that because that was at one point the correct name. It's like calling Algeria Algiers. It was correct at one point. And I'm sticking to it because I don't remember the country, damn it. This is what happens when a geography major, damn it. Do you mean Thailand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's and, where they're from, Thailand. Yeah, I knew it was that area, French, former French Indochina, but it's, I couldn't remember which one. But he made yeah. a bunch of money through... Um, through the um, through the duty free shops in Thailand, and there's a lot of people who travel to Thailand around the world, and a lot of people a lot of people love the Thai beaches, and they go and they go to the duty free stores, buy a bunch of liquor, and then walk away, and then take it home. And he just made killing killings after killings after that. But when the whole like, and when he bought Leicester City, I'm sure there's a lot of people going, "Who the fuck is this guy? This this foreigner? What does he know about England? What does he know about?" The, of Leicestershire, nothing probably. The, knows nothing about the Midlands, but he grew to love the area. He grew to love the people. He donated a bunch of money every year to the hot, to the children's hospital. They put up a new wing with his name on it. Which, if that doesn't scream philanthropy, I don't know what does. And then he brought home a Premier League title, which I don't think in the history, if you were to tell someone when Leicester City was founded. And Leicester City was in the bottom of the bottom that you were going to win the Premier League when they did. I don't think anyone would have thought that was possible. They would have laughed at you. It's like, what are you smoking and can I get some? Well, it's not very often that one team uh, single-handedly changes the way that sports betting is done. Uh, 5,000 to 1. 5,000 to 1 odds. And after that season, bookies actually like revised that to where if anyone above 1,000 to 1 just became 1,000 to 1. Because they, could, they had to pay off so much money. Like, yeah. remember Tom Hanks put in like a hundred pound note or something like that before the season on five thousand to one odds. Well, really? so yes, is he a Leicester supporter? I don't know if he's a Leicester supporter or not, but he's hundred. Before before we get on this, before we continue down this road, I have to bring up that speaking of Manchester City. I don't know if you guys remember, since you're 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 wee little youths, but back in the day, Manchester City had a uh, owner who was from Thailand, Thaskin Shinawatra, who Thaskin Shinawatra, if I'm saying that wrong, uh, someone please tweet at this podcast. By the way, guys, we need to start tweeting, yes, um, yes. and um, you know, please correct me. But Thaskin Shinawatra uh, was a billionaire from Thailand, and uh, Man City gave him the best, one of my favorite chants. That anyone's ever uh, that I've ever heard. Did you guys know this chant that they had about him? No. Uh, so, 
he did not make his money through uh, wonderful uh, duty-free means. And um, so the Thai government went after him and started seizing all his assets. So, you they, so, so they made this chant. Uh, the Man City fans would sing, well, you can freeze 500 million and you can seize 500 more. But Thaskin's got another billion underneath his bedroom floor. Shinawatra, Shinawatra. That's genius. Genius. All right, that's, all right, that's funny. Um, but... So actually, hang on. Kevin Goran Eckerson was uh, he was appointed manager by by who they called Frank because that's what you call him. Anyways, uh, he said he doesn't understand football. He has no clue and he sold it in September of eighteen after buying it in June of two thousand seven. Sorry, two thousand eight. He sold it. So he was literally less than a year, a little over a year in ownership, and that's not good. But. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm having someone trying to send me the same offer again and again, and it's not helping. Anyways, yeah. Don't Is it David this. Sullivan? Don't look on it. Don't it's not. It's it. a guy from Jersey, believe it or not. It could still be David Sullivan. Don't click on it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just ignoring it and going back to what I was looking at earlier. But uh, with Manchester City being – I want to talk about the whole Manchester City issue for a second – Manchester City um, is being fined what thirty two million US? Yeah, I think thirty million euros. Yeah, and um, is being banned from the Champions League for two years due to financial fair play violations and not disclosing the not disclosing the deals of the Etihad Etihad whatever um, agreement. But and hang on, back to your point about the lawyers. Do you remember? Um, when Homer, there's a Simpsons episode where Homer goes to Mr. Burns. Yes, yeah, it's like, like we have we have a paper trail a mile long with Lionel Hutz, and it's like, oh yeah, well I have ten high priced lawyers, and he opens up a trap door behind the bookcase, and Lionel goes rah, 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 and runs out screaming. That's lit. That's been the meme that's been going around Twitter, and I'm just like, I'm here for this. This is what I'm here for. But that being said. They, they're going to have hell to pay, and there's a possibility they can go down to League Two, and that would be a huge loss. And if anyone does have um, a copy of FIFA 20, I would encourage you to play our dissimilar match between Manchester City and the, and the leaders of League Two just to see what happens. They won't go down to League Two. I know they won't go down to League Two, but what I find very the most interesting about this is that Saracen's Rugby Club is going through a very similar issue. I don't know if anyone knows this. Show of hands. Anyone know, anyone follow rugby? Okay, so Saracens Rugby Club, they won they've won four of the past five Premier League title, premiership titles in England. They've won the European Championship in 16, 17, and 19. They've come over to the US. Uh, they played London Irish um, at Red Bull Arena. Um, when they were sending games over here, they were supposed to be the London Irish that was going to be the quote-unquote America's team, sending them over constantly. London Irish gets relegated, and so they send Saracens the next year to uh, Finley, which I went to as well. Um, Saracens are interesting people. They wear fezes. Well, uh, I mean, you know what Saracen is, right? Crusader? history guy, right? Yes, Crusader, right? No. 
the opposite. They were the people the Crusaders went to kill. Oh, it's, no. a, it's a racist term, dude. It's like the Washington Redskins. Or the Strayham Redskins. By the way, congrats to Strayham on winning the NIHL South Cup. Oh, no, NIHL Cup. Good for you guys. What, what is he talking about? about? I, I, I saw it in the UK, Dan. At times, I just smile and nod. <laughs> smile and nod. We, we need to install like a little buzzer, so if he gets way too off topic, we can just, just zap him a little bit. No, no, no. I need a choke collar. Yeah. Whoa, hey, hey, I don't care what you're into, but don't bring it on the podcast. Oh, man. Yeah, I also want to bring up real quick but, uh, the fact that you were asking about the rugby, Zach. You said on a podcast, Show of hands to anyone who follows rugby. <laughs> no one raised their hand, guys. Don't worry about it. But I do have a funny story about rugby that's probably for off podcast time. Okay, but we'll we'll stick to it after off podcast. But um, the reason I'm bringing up Saracens is because they've been docked 35 points and fined um, 5.36 million after um, inquiries of big business partnerships between owner Nigel Ray and some of the players. Um, so they are, they've been dropped third to bottom with a minus 22 points. And it's just, and they're, they're at the end of the season, they're automatically being relegated and they're automatically out of the champions, um, cup for the next couple of years. Unless they, even if they win, they're still going to be relegated out. So it sounds more like what happened to Juventus. Than, than what's going on with Manchester City. Well, but still, it's you still have financial fair play issues because they paid. There's, okay. a, there's a hard salary cap in rugby, yeah. and yeah. they paid over. They on the books it said that they were under it or at it, but really they were paying guys under the table in cash, and that yeah. is okay. very much not allowed in rugby. And it was because of the fair play, quote unquote, fair play issue. Even though Saracens has some of the best players in the world, seven out of the thirty-one guys went um, from Saracens played for England in the in the World Cup, and it and when this dropped, it was a huge bombshell to rugby fans worldwide. And now you have this Manchester City story, and I'm really starting to wonder what else like this is going on throughout European sports that we don't know. Of course about. it is. Well, of course I, it is. I know it's something more like this stuff is sort of happening more and more, but at the same time, it's not good. It, it's black eyes of the sport in any way you look at it. The bribery, like the, the olden days of briberies, looks very tame now compared to this stuff. Really. How many? How many? So let's 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 go back to one of the sports you love so much. How many major league baseball teams just pay the salary cap fine? Um, most blatantly. Of- yeah, blatantly the out in the open. The Dodgers do. They pay the you, know what called? you know what that's called? It's called cheating. No, it's right? called luxury tax. It's, it's allowed by the league. Right. But the league made a law and said, if you pass this law, we're going to fine you. And they went, cool. Hey, we're, we're so rich, we don't care. <laughs> what do you call that? It's not like it's, it's not like it's, you know, here in this country, our laws are written by lobbyists, for God's sake. I mean, like, you know, we can't be like blushing and, you know, clutching our pearls over something like this happening. <laughs> but it's still, it's something that, need, that it, if there were, if there, was, if there was an independent panel that could have been, that could overlook this, um, I think this would be a lot better. But at the same time, you get into the problem that the NCAA has, and the rules are too n- narrowly defined, and there's 
too hard for other for an outside agency to do it. An outside agency tried to in the fifties. The federal government gave them an outside agency in the fifty four. It shut down fifty six because they said this is too hard. So how is the NCAA doing this? I don't know. It's bullshit. Well, no, it's because the NCAA is breaking every single rule they have. We could have a whole podcast about the yeah, NCAA. We'll, right, I love talking about that, but we we'll save that. I will go tit for tat on that on another day on a different podcast, but. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the neg- the affirmative that it should stay, and you'll take the negative, and we will have yeah. a, we will have a moderator. I'll be the moderator. Uh, what what are your credentials? Can I get your credential, please? Um, <laughs> six one, um, hazel eyes, dreamy smile, uh, salt and pepper hair. Oh wait, you're talking about something else. <laughs> All right, and on that note, I get on though. So, and on that thank note, God, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. But, but, but anyways, like this, this is Manchester City's first game back since that, and so I expect to see a very interesting Manchester crowd. Whether they still stand in support or do they stand in defiance? Do they show their backs to the to the crowd, to the owners of the team, or what do they do? And do they unfurl a, t- unfurl a tifa that says they hate us because they ain't us? Yeah, they won't do anything. Yeah. They won't do anything. They don't even sell their games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, they won't do anything. I mean, at this point, they're like, and and don't get me wrong, there there are so many wonderful, lovely Manchester City fans. Um, honestly, I've never met an asshole Manchester City fan here in the states. Um, I, I, I often do the bromance Man City fans have with West, no West Ham fans. Yeah. I mean, they, they, we used to look at each other and, and, and say we, we are the same thing, right? So I have all day long respect for – I've got all the time in the world for them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're wonderful. I, I, I do what think the club is now is, is – it's Frankenstein's monster compared to what it used to be. And it's – I feel no qualms in not, not liking the, the current club. But, and I, but I think that most of the fans – um, and, and, and what I've heard from people like on, on knees up mother Brown, like there's some, there's a, there's a couple of like fan city fans who've been coming here since before that, you know, back when Joey Barton played for them. Oh <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, their whole lives and, uh, that they, they say stuff like, look, you know, like, do I like the owners? Um, sure. Because at the end of the day, we're in this because we want to see our team win games and they brought more success than we ever could have dreamed possible. So, you know, we just kind of overlooked the other stuff, and um, we have Pep Guardiola as a manager. I never thought something like that would be able would would happen. So um, they're fine with it. You know, like largely, I, I think that they're they're fine with it. They're not going to do any protests. They're not going to do any statements. They're going to come in there. They're going to go. God, I hope we get through this stupid little team, West Ham United, so we can finally get get a Real Madrid and, and do well in the Champions League before we may not be in it. Yeah. That's a great way to put it and a great way to leave it because I could go on for – we could probably go on for a while about how why this is not good for the sport. But we are not because this is a West Ham podcast and not a general soccer podcast. But that being said, we have to talk about VAR because on Monday, VAR was stupid. Right, Chris? Yes. So I don't know if you guys have fully seen all of the clips. Um. Now, granted, uh, Zach, I think you and I were talking beforehand. I didn't realize that there was also a VAR check on the, the Maguire goal later on. But the fact, though, that they did, did – so Zach didn't see it originally. Did you see the Maguire um, 
about you eye incident, Johnny? So hilariously, I didn't. I haven't seen any of it. I've read about it. Um, so, so go on. So it was. I believe it was late in the first half, and McGuire and Batshuayi were both going after the ball. It, it was only the two of them. I mean, it was well out, um, well out ahead of everyone, every other player. Ball goes out. McGuire slides on. Uh, try to overextend, and he's on the ground. And as he's sliding, takes his foot and just stomps. Uh, Batshuayi right in the groin. And there wasn't a, even a VAR check. There was no, there was no card given. There was no VAR to look uh, that uh, check. Nothing. When it should have been a straight red and meant that uh, United had to play the entire second half with 10 men. And then to go on later, uh, Chelsea is in the, on the attack uh, from a corner, and I'm I'm not even going to attempt to replicate the players because I only know one. Fred shoves one Chelsea player in the back, and he goes into another man, uh, United player. Ball comes down, he heads it down and slots it home. VAR comes back and says no goal, even though it should have stood. Um, and then the final one. McGuire scores. The guy who should have been sent off seals the deal for United. So, yeah. Well, I mean, single-handedly decided that match. Uh, you know, I mean, I saw all that stuff. I read, I read some articles about it. Uh, was never for a second surprised. Though, let me say, I may be wearing a blue shirt at the time of this podcast being recorded. I am not a blue in any stretch of the imagination. Chelsea fans, if you ever listen to this podcast, ah, 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 I could care less. But um, Manchester United has always had the 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 uh, referees of this league have on a red kit under their under their shirt. I mean, I'm not surprised in the slightest that this happened. Um, it's it's so blatant. In fact, I, I get in arguments with my my best friend, who's a Liverpool supporter, all the time. Because he, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, you guys get all the calls, and he's like, no, if you look at it, we don't. And I'm like, just stop, just you know, you when you argued with me five years ago about this, it was it was still embarrassing, but now it's just ridiculous. So, but like Manchester United are still getting calls, and 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 like this seems to be, but now VAR's here, and it's so over the top and so obvious that. I mean, it almost calls – you're talking about calling the game into question. I mean, this was not a fair result. No. Well, and and th- this would definitely be one for, like, a protest. Like, it would be one yeah. where Chelsea would rightfully be saying, we protest this result, and no one would blame them. Yeah. Well, so there really needs to be a protest system that's a lot easier than – but it currently is kind of like what baseball has. So if, uh, in, in baseball, if you want to protest the game, go to the umpire and you yell, you scream, you, you stand on your head, you turn, you turn blue in the face, and then you pretty much say, I want to protest this game. And so he's like, fine. You walk away. He turns around. He turns to the, uh, to the booth and he makes an imaginary P with a period means that they're the team that's just up to talk to him is playing this game under protest and the league looks into it and league 
discusses what to do. Uh, game six of the World Series with the Nationals and Trey Turner. Was it interference? No, it was not. It was that he ran the back correctly. And they next tried to protest that, and that didn't work because it was an unprotestable play because of a judgment call, which is bullshit. But that's a story for another time. The Nationals won the World Series, and all is better for it. Ain't that right, guys? Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I do. Well, really quickly with that, I do love that they were able to pick up on the fact that they were stealing the signs, so every game was a different sign combination. For every player, too. Yeah. Um, and I actually was going to make a comment of that when we were talking about City. I loved the uh, Twitter reaction over here to people with people who never watched the sport, like never watched football in their lives. They're saying, CMLB, that's how you punish a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, so, Zach, there's a – so. You're a history guy and a sports guy, and you're yeah. a baseball guy, right? I think he's an so, everything guy. No, 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 no. I'm not, I don't want so to figure skating. Do you, do you like Mike Duncan? Ah, oh, that's what I was expecting you to do. Follow Mike Duncan on Twitter. Start listening to his podcast. And he's also a massive baseball fan who knows so much about baseball and has been tweeting about baseball recently. He's my favorite history podcaster. Quick plug, follow Mike Duncan. <laughs> I look into it. I need some. Well, of course, other than this one, but I want to. I want to. Hang on, he's located in Paris. He's writing a book, and he moved his entire family to Paris to use the uh, French archives because he's writing a book on uh, Lafayette. Hmm. What do you know? Good for him. But I want to bring up a point that I've made in the past. I'm going to bring bring it up again for VAR. It should not be done by Premier League refs. It should be done by independent people who have passed the the referees course, who are licensed referees, but they are not Premier League refs. They are not lower league refs. They are not anything refs. Their sole purpose is to sit in a room in a building somewhere in London. I don't know, put it in somewhere in downtown London where people want to live there. And you make it so that they are... The Premier League, that they are the VAR people. It's in a room completely, sight and sound away from the game. They are not judged. They're not influenced by anything, but they're there to watch the game. And because they're not Premier League refs, they don't know any of these players personally. They have no connection to ties. This is what the NHL does. The NHL has people who are, who are known NHL, who are past the NHL refing book. They have the guide with them right then and there. On a Saturday where you have 15-plus games going on, a lot of them are watching four games at once, and they're waiting to get a call from somebody on the ice and saying, hey, we like we have this. We want to take a look at it. What are your thoughts? And they, they're on the phone with them. The situation room is the call in Toronto because they're a neutral source. They're not somebody that has a direct impact. Mike Dean was the VARF a couple for I've I've seen it a couple times, and I'm like, why do we have people who know who are pretty much part of this game? And we see and we see quite often doing this. This should not be done. It should be independent people. And it bugs the hell out of me that this is going on because it's not. It to me, it's not fair and it's not consistent at all. That yeah. uh, Chelsea goal that got called back because he was offsides by literally a half of his foot. That if in other games that would have been a goal, and it's not, there was no consistency anymore in this league with between roughing and VAR, and it's it's problematic, and it's showing how problematic it really is. 
You know, I, I really feel like um, what they sh- so so they they implemented this, which I still think is the right thing to do. I think we need VAR. I mean, uh, American sports have been using video replay for a long time, uh, and I would I mean I think all of us here would agree largely successfully, right? Yes. I mean, you know, there there are some stupid things like in the NFL now they don't know what a catch is, and that's like well, their time scoring. Don't, don't, don't remind me on that. I'm a Steelers fan. Don't remind me. Well, on it's on, so hang stupid. Hang on, hang on. They've changed that. They've changed that. They now do know what a catch is, and that's no, they now, they. they, 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 they they say every year they say they know what a catch is. They don't. They never know what a damn catch is. And Dez so, didn't catch it, by the way. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, anyone on the Dallas Cowboys didn't catch the ball. That's all I care about. So, um, but uh, you, you notice the theme here. I don't like anyone that's good. But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but like I don't. So I don't think that that the, the problem is that VAR exists. I think the problem is that they. They they got it and they went super technical. Yes, right. They went too technical. They, yeah. So so the, against the spirit of the entire sport, really. So so the sport was saying we don't need it, we don't need it, and they finally added it. And then they went complete technocratic uh, while mixing that with the errors that were already in English football, which is the problem that you have these refs who are they, they're supposed to be unbiased, and yet they seem to be always biased. Especially to the big six, um, and then and then some of them, they want to be the star. Mike Dean always wants to be the star of the show. Right. He can't he can't wait. He's looking for a reason to get a red card out and change a match, right? So, and especially if it's against West Ham United, did you tackle them? Maybe, maybe not. Here's a red card. I'm Mike Dean. Look at my bald head in all its glory. But Dean, we need kiss to, the ring, kiss the ring. Exactly right. So. So I don't think we, they need to go to extremes. I think next season they need to go. Okay, so this didn't work. We need to. So there's some so some very common sense rules. Like so, I've seen bandied about. People are saying uh, you have to be like uh, a body length offside for VAR to call it back. So so things like that. You can tweak some of these rules um, and, and and bring a lot of rationality to it. Um, and it, like. You know, so they say like it has to be obvious for them to overturn something on the pitch. Um, just enforce that. If it's obvious, you know, like so. So I don't think it needs to be a complete overhaul of the system. I think the system needs to be utilized in the spirit of of, of football and the way it's supposed to be played. Well, so I just hang on. I just came up with an idea. So you know how all players today wear this like train this bra sort of thing that has a heart rate monitor on it. Um, and other techno- technological chips into it. Why can't we put geolocators on them and track their- about this kind of crap about the NFL for a few years? Well, so if we put geolocators on on the bra thing, then we can track who's offside and who's not in real time. I know for the grand, the um, Australian Football League Grand Final in 2011, they did this with a couple of players, and they printed out. At the end of the game, they printed out their maps, they signed their maps, and they sold it off for charity, which I thought was genius because it's a really cool picture of them running up and down the field of the grand final of this cute, beautiful, big oval. I know it's a great, it's a great thing, but it can be done. It can be done if we and if there's to be introducing of eagle eye into the sport. I think that would help dramatically. And especially catching this offside, this offside deal and handballs or even heat maps. Fuck heat maps. Look at cricket. Cricket uses heat maps and it's great. Well, cricket, 
Cricket's done really well with technology, uh, and, and football fans will tell you that. The football fans say all the time, "Why don't? Why aren't we doing this like rugby? And why aren't we doing this like cricket? Right? Like both of them have implemented technology very successfully, and we're not doing that. And why? Because the F- the FA is ran by a bunch of old, like arrogant white men who think that they know better. We're not going to listen to rugby. Hang on, do you know who the, he- you know the head of uh, the FA is? I, no, I can't remember. Prince William. Oh, here we are. I'm going to say something to any, every English fan. Not every English fan. Some of you English fans are going to. Monarchy's dead, y'all. Get over it. It's done. You pay a bunch of tax money for a, a rich-ass family to sit in a house. It's stupid. Okay, I'm done. And if you're an American and you care about who some royal is marrying, you're an idiot. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and I you're the one marrying that royal, actually. So, or the second part, at least I, the monarchy. I'm still there. But it's some it's something that needs to be changed, and it's a it's a gentleman. It's a boys' club, no different than a lot of American sports. And there needs to be people at the forefront to come in and say this isn't how it's going to be run. And we need non-wasp people to do it. We need minorities to do it. We need women to do it. We need hell transgender people. Fuck, do it. Do it. Just come in and well, blow this fake TNT and blow the I whole think, goddamn thing up. I think they need non-ennobled people to do it um, as well. People that all didn't go to the same boarding school together. And um, right. but I mean, that, but but like you know, if you talk to our English, our English brethren, English. That's the wrong English. <laughs> um, if you talk to our English brethren across the pond, uh, they will tell you that that's just a part of English culture and society, right? I mean, that's right. that's an issue that goes all the way up to the top. So. Um, we're not going to change English culture. The FA is going to be like that for a long time. Well, and I, but to be quite honest, with this, with my generation of millennials and the generation after me, what Gen Z is that? What it's called? Yeah. Because well, there's going to be such a straight screaming for diversity and whatnot. We may see the first ever female manager in the Premier League in 35 years. Who knows? Honestly, who knows? We may, we're probably going to see it first in Major League Soccer here in the U.S. That, or compared to anywhere else. But it's one of those things that it's going to happen and change is going to happen. And you just need to accept it. And you can't just boo-hoo it like Aubrey Huff did with the Giants hiring a female coach. You can't do, you can't do that nowadays. You just can't. Don't bring up Aubrey Huff. What a what a piece of work. I'm using him as an example. Okay, damn it. He was a good player back when he played. Anyways, uh, but anyways, Chris, we have any news to go into? Uh, just uh, Golden Sullivan being dumbasses continually. <laughs> Can someone just take their phone away and just like delete the program and log up, or pay, no. pay some intern to have his phone and to hold it and just tweet out random PSAs like, don't forget to wash your hands. Don't forget to blow your, to wash your hands after you blow your nose to help stop the spread of the flu. Don't you know, forget you know, limes defeat coronavirus. Listen, our, our benevolent dictator Tim, who lets us do this podcast, actually met actually met David Sullivan's son Jack, and so now we've just we've ensured Jack will never meet us, and if he does, he's going to be like, oh dear you God, he probably won't know who we are. Thank God. To be quite honest, I actually like Jack. I have the same. Um, He's running his team really well. Yeah, he has. I have the same learning disabilities as he does, so I completely understand that, and I applaud him for doing what he's doing because this is—it's really hard to do what he's doing. Do have you seen his? Have you seen his apartment? Do I want to? 
That's the tackiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hang on, does he have pink oh. flamingos somewhere? No, he has. I think he has um, like sparkly panthers. I, I can't remember if it's him or the other Sullivan who's got a massive, massive mansion. Well, they all do. I mean, like David Gold's well, got what, a, what, a Claret Rolls Royce. I mean, like these are you know, one, one of the younger well, one of, uh, David Sullivan's sons has. I, I don't know if he's made his own money or if it's just from his dad, but bought like a hundred million pound mansion or some something like that. Like so his, own, it, his own his own porno magazine. Like maybe he. Yeah. Basically. Well, sir, well, hang on. So Gold actually owns his own airline, by the way, if you don't know. Um, he talks about it in his book. I've actually read his book because I was curious about it. He signed it, by the way. So, Yeah, and, I think it's the second time you've actually brought uh, that book up. Yeah, but he's um, – he ha- it's a small fleet of aircraft. It's really – he's the only one that really uses them. He, I'm pretty sure he stopped flying at the age of 83. At least he should have by now. But there's um, – it, it's pretty much him, and he's the one that directs him. You can't go online and go to Gold Airlines and be like, "Yeah, I want this." And no, Johnny, it's not called that. Although that that would be funny. You know, actually, when pigs fly, airlines would be a funny one. <laughs> but <laughs> and you look, uh, was a giant pig. To add, to add to the whole Golden Sullivan thing, um, uh, Cam, Cameron, uh, the fan who was banned for wearing the GBS out uh, shirt as a flag bearer actually received word today that the ban was upheld. Oh! Yeah. So, so who was that? Who did the appeal go to? Did it go to a neutral arbiter or did it go in, inside to an inside arbiter? I am going to try and find it. Give me a second. I will get because, up. Because that has a... There's a... I have a problem going to when you when you appeal something like this, and you have to go through an in um, uh, in house arbiter. You're, the likelihood that you're going to win is slim to none. You need an independent third party arbiter to do ah, all that. Here we are. I found the full letter. <clears throat> it came uh, from the safety officer at London Stadium named Jason Eglash. Eglash, weird name. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll read it out in full. Thank you for your appeal. Dated 6th February. There's a memorandum of understanding that the management of stadium banning protocols between West Ham United FC, the uh, concessionaire, and the London Stadium 185 LTD, the operator of London Stadium. Attached are the key extracts of the memorandum. I also attached a copy of the grounds regulations. I've taken into account the points you raise in determining this case. I also have to look at the facts of the matter. Number one, photographic evidence of you wearing a shirt marked GSB out. This shirt represents a protest against the owners of the club and as such could be determined to be insightful of fans either supporting or against this message. Two, <laughs> the method by which you, are be- which you became a flag waiver was not in line with club guidance or intention. It could be deemed to be underhand. Well, hang on. So how did it become a cl- uh, flag wa- waiver then? I don't know. Cam, apparently he had said that he... Did it completely legit. He walked through the turnstiles with the shirt, so there was ample opportunity to stop him and say, hey, zip up the jacket or just change shirts or you're not allowed. So I don't get that. The third point, by your own admission, you changed into slash revealed the shirt after visiting the restrooms before the flag waving took place. 
decision. The, uh, the staff of London Stadium West Ham work very hard to put on safe and secure events for the participants and the spectators. The promotion of public safety is one of our key objectives. Accordingly, in my view, the decision made to ban uh, to ban for the rest of the season is upheld. Well, so I just said to the rest of the guys, and I realized I could actually say this out loud. Uh, <laughs> Karen Brady wrote that. Oh, that is someone that is, complete, that is complete BS, man. Like now, now, now in America, we always say you, know, you can refuse to serve. You can refuse uh, service to anybody, right? right. Um, and that's certainly true, but that doesn't make it right, right? Um, so, if what they're doing is so stupid, they're they're demonizing and attacking their own supporters, and it is that going to come home to roost. The main thing we need to take away from this podcast today, not any of the ridiculous stuff I've said today, not any of our predictions about Manchester City, not any of the ridiculous stuff I've said today, and not any of the things that Zach has said that I don't understand. It's, <laughs> the thing we need to take away, the thing we need to take away from today is that we support all the people protesting. The club in England, we support you protesting the board. We want you to continue it, and that is the only way things are going to change. The only, so, I, I've said it. I've said it before. They spent the money after the Burnley match to appease everybody, trying to repair that that uh, rift between or in relationship. If they were to go out this summer and spend two, like if we stay up and they stay spend two hundred million, cool. Still want you gone. We cannot, as West Ham fans, we cannot yep. be appeased by them anymore. Even if they were to break the bank and go bankrupt, buying every single like top name player they could, protests have to continue. So the way the way to make this successful is people. You get a bunch of people to buy GSB out shirts, and you have them walk into the stadium. They all have them on, on underneath the jacket or something. They get to the stadium, they unzip them, and reveal GSB out in this crowd. And then I'd say at halftime or halftime or like the 60th minute or the 30th minute, walk out. So I have to say, if you guys don't know where you can get GSB out shirts, go to uh, Knees Up Mother Brown, and uh, you can actually find and buy. Uh, GSB out shirts and they're being yes. sold at cost. So you can go to News wow. Up Mother Brown, K U M B dot com, uh, one of the best West Ham United uh, websites on uh, the uh, interweb, and uh, you can find your shirts there. You're welcome. That's a great plug and that's a great point. And um, that's actually, yeah, that people please buy them just because we want them out. We all want them out. And, and there are also be- some, uh, if you're really looking to get more involved, there's some great uh, supporter organizations. There's Hammers United, and there's also uh, the West Ham United Independent Supporters uh, Association. Um, I, th- I think it's association, uh, but, but um, WISA or whatever, however you say it. Uh, they're another amazing organization. So um, if you want to get involved, guys, uh, you know, Google that, reach out, um, and it's pretty easy to join another organization, I think. Because something needs to be done, something needs to change, and because the way that we're going is nowhere. We're getting stuck, our tires are getting stuck in the mud, and, we're, and everyone else is beating the crap out of us. And we don't like that, and we want to win, damn it. We want to win. I would love to see this team be competitive, be in the top 10, be in, somehow in contention for Europe. I would love that. Wouldn't you all? Yeah. Yep. And on that note, I think that's a great place yep. to stop for tonight. Um, 
before we go, before I say goodbye, I gotta gotta get this off my chest. Um, I've had a really shit week. Um, and it's my birthday. It was my birthday week last week, so that's not even helpful. But I've had a really shit week because of something that someone did to a friend of mine against her will. Because he forced himself onto her. And I just want to send a gentle reminder to everyone: no means no. And you really need to be forward, and you need to announce what you're about, what you're going to do, especially with somebody that um, with somebody else and don't just be like, oh, I'm going to surprise you and do this. They may not like that. And that may lead to a whole slew of issues two and a half years later that leads to your friend having nervous breakdowns every seven and a half minutes. And all you can do is just stop and go, I don't know what, and just be like, what can I do to help? And you have no idea. It's been hell for me. It's been hell for her. It's been hell for every one of us. And I just want all this to, this is all going to hopefully go away by next week. And next week I'm going to hopefully be a hell of a lot happier than I currently am. So saying with that, I'm sorry to get all like somber on you in this moment, but it's a serious topic that needs discussion. And hopefully we can eradicate this problem within the next couple of generations, because that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, And on that note, uh, thank you to Tim and to Lee for giving us this platform to continue to talk about West Ham and continue to talk about our problems that we have at West Ham. And hopefully one day we can find a solution that actually makes sense and the board likes and we like and everyone likes and we all go, yay, we all like it, yay, we agree on something, yay. And on that note, for Chris and John, I am Zach. This has been Fortune's Always Hiding Podcast here on American Hammers Radio. And we'll see you all next week. And hopefully we have a three points in the bag to talk about. Wouldn't that be nice? Three points, because remember, we play Liverpool Saturday as well. Okay, we get one point in the bag. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Come on, you irons. Yes, come on, you irons. Let's hammer, let's hammer something in. This has been an American Hammers radio production on AmericanHammersTV.us.